Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hello, New Point. Hey, I trust each of you are doing well, that you're enjoying this beautiful summer that God has blessed you and I with. I want to give a shout out to all of our locations, those of you in Dover and Canton and Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton and Cambridge, and those of you who are joining us online. I also want to wish you a happy 4th of July. We're celebrating independence. We're celebrating freedom. And isn't it amazing that it landed on a Sunday? Because you know what? Every Sunday, we celebrate our freedom. The freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for you and me. See, what we have to realize is this. Sunday is not a part of the weekend. Sunday is the first day of the week. It's the Lord's Day. And every time we gather, like we're doing today, what we're doing is, if you will, we're celebrating our freedom a 4th of July, spiritually speaking, that we have been freed from death and that we have eternal life. And so don't forget that. And I trust that you do have a great time uh, celebrating the 4th of July of the independence that we have here in America. Today, we're gonna start a new series and we're calling it Greater. Greater hope, wholeness, freedom, and purpose. And here's what I believe, and I believe it with all of my heart. The more you understand and know Jesus Christ, the greater life you're going to experience, the greater joy, the greater peace, the greater confidence, the greater contentment, all of that, you're going to experience it. You're going to experience what he says is the abundant life. And that's the life that Jesus Christ desires and has for each and every one of us. You see, he's not mad at you. He's not wanting to punish you. Matter of fact, he took your punishment. He took my punishment. He wants to help you to live life and life to the fullest. Now, John the Baptist clearly understood this because when John the Baptist encountered Jesus, here's what he said. He said, he must become greater. I must become less. I'm telling you, that's the key to life. That's the key to living life to the fullest. When you and I come to a place that John the Baptist did and to be able to say, Jesus, you must become greater in my life and I must become less. Now, here's what you need to understand. In order to be able to do that, you and I have to be willing to surrender to him and to be able to say, you know, Jesus, I trust you. You're good, you're great, and you're generous. Now, in the book of Colossians, This is what Paul is talking about. He's taking a look at Jesus and he's reminding them that he is greater than anything that they are dealing with or will face. Now, this is an interesting book here in Colossians because it has four chapters. It has 95 verses. About half of those verses refers to Jesus. About 15 times as you read through it, depending on the translation, you will see things like this, in Christ, or something similar to that. And so Colossians is all about you and I getting a clear picture, bringing clarity 
to the person of Jesus and how he impacts our life, how he should influence our life. And over and over and over again, you're going to see these words, rooted, established, mature, complete in Christ. Now, the book is written by the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, a guy named Epaphras, okay, was the one who planted the church in Colossae. And what you need to understand is Paul met Epaphras while he was in Ephesus. And Paul was, was talking about this unknown God. And uh, he taught Epaphras who this unknown God was. And really, it was Jesus Christ himself. And Epaphras listened, embraced it, experienced Jesus, and became one of his followers. Matter of fact, he took it back to his hometown, Colossae. And because of the encounter and because of the impact and the influence of Jesus, it began, began to influence his family, his friends, his coworkers, all of the people around him. And he was the first one in Colossae to become a Christ follower. How many of you were the first one to step across the faith line and to be able to trust Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? Maybe you were the first one in your family. Maybe you were the first one in school. Maybe you were the first one on the team. Maybe you were the first one at work or maybe in your neighborhood. But it can be uncomfortable, right? Because when Jesus comes into your life, he, he doesn't just modify your behavior. You know what he does? He transforms you. And you're different. Not weird, but you're different, okay? Because now you have a new perspective. You have a new purpose. You have new values. You have all of that. And it's challenging. And yet at the same time, my friend, it's a tremendous blessing because God wants to bless others through you. And that's what he did with Epaphras. He, listen to me, Epaphras came to be known as an incredible, incredible influencer and follower of Jesus Christ because he blessed people and God used him in incredible, unbelievable ways. You know why? Because Epaphras was up for the challenge. He truly had an encounter with Jesus. It wasn't something that he added to his life. Jesus became his life. He became greater than everything. And so he begins a church there. God begins doing some amazing, incredible things. And they begin to develop a reputation in Colossae for living out this truth of who Jesus Christ was. Their reputation began to, to permeate all throughout. And people begin to realize that they were changed because of this one single truth and person, and that was Jesus Christ. And so Paul now is writing them to encourage them, to strengthen them, to bring greater clarity to who Jesus was. And Paul writes this, and he says, hey, you know what? I am so glad that Jesus has transformed your life. I want you to continue in that. Do not allow anybody to distract you or disrupt you or deceive you. 
because Paul is going to be saying this, my friends, and I want you to get it. Your view of Jesus will impact every area of your life. Your view of Jesus will impact every area of your life. That's why if you really want to know where somebody is, ask them who Jesus is to them. You see, our relationship with Jesus Christ will transform our relationships, our marriages, our family, our work, our community, our nation, our homes, our churches, everything. Why? Because here's what Paul is going to say. And we say it here at New Point. Jesus makes life better, and he makes us better at life. And so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to read the book of Colossians for the next month. Read it once a week. It's only four chapters, 95 verses. You can do it, okay? And let's learn and grow together as as we begin to understand that he must become greater and I must become less. Now, the main theme of the book of Colossians is found in verse 15 of chapter one. Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. And and so what happens is, just like Epaphras, okay, when you accept Jesus Christ, we now become, listen to me, we now become the expression of the invisible God. And so when somebody has an encounter with you, guess what? They get a little taste of who Jesus is, who God is because you might be the only Jesus that anyone ever encounters in your home, in your work, in your school, in your neighborhood, on your ball team. And so what we want to do is we want to study the book of Colossians, and and we want to be able to learn. So I want to challenge you again to make sure that you're reading through this book once a week, okay? It'll take you maybe 30 minutes, but it'll be worth it. So let's dive in and let's learn today. Here's what Paul writes. From Paul, who by God's will is an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy to God's people in Colossae, who are faithful friends in union with Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. That's tremendous, all right? We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all God's people. When the true message, what's the true message? Jesus, okay? When the true message, the good news, first came to you, you heard about the hope it offers. You see, Jesus offers hope, all right? He goes on, he says, so your faith and love are based on what you hope for, all right? That's key. Which is kept safe for you in heaven. The gospel keeps bringing blessings and is spreading throughout the world. He's saying, I understand what God is doing. He's blessing you and the gospel, the good news is being spread throughout. Ever since the day you first heard about the grace of God and came to know it as it really is. Listen, he says, and you came to know it as it really is. He goes on, he says, you learned of God's grace from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is Christ's faithful worker on our behalf. He has told us of the love that the Spirit has given you. Wow. 
So what's the hope of Christ? It's the knowledge that he's for you. He's not against you. That he loves you. That he's for you. That he's generous. That he's good. And that he's greater than anything you and I could ever face. No matter what situation you find yourself in. No matter what circumstances you are dealing with. Understand this. Jesus is working towards something better that you might not even understand right now. He's always working for our good. And so what happens is this. Paul is wanting them to have this mindset of hope, of a greater hope. Jesus is the, invisible, is the expression of the invisible God, and he is greater than anything that you will face. So what I want to do today is I want to draw four things that happens in a person's life when you and I, okay, experience this greater hope, when you and I experience Jesus as he really is. Now, let's look at it, all right? First of all, greater hope produces greater faith. That is, you will see your circumstances differently. Listen, when you meet this Jesus, okay, and he comes and he he changes your life. He transforms you. You are instilled with hope, and it gives you a greater faith, a greater faith. He will change the way in which you look at life. He will change the way in which you see your circumstances or your situation. And it's this faith that gained a huge reputation in Colossae. They could not believe how these people were approaching life now. Because remember, they were under Rome, okay? And so Paul writes this. He says, we always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the living hope. Now, if Paul was writing to you and me, or if he was writing to, let's say, New Point, what would he say? Hey, I heard about your cool building. I heard about your music. I, I heard about your kids' program. I heard about your students. I, I heard about this or I heard about that. Or would he say to New Point, would he say to you and me, you know what, man, I heard about your faith. It's greater than ever. It's greater than ever. Now, what does it mean for us to have faith? It means to believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised to do. See, Faith is believing that Jesus is telling us the truth. Jesus, whatever you say, I believe in you. And I believe that you're telling me the truth. See, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, He says, seek God's kingdom first, above all else, and everything else you need in life, he will give you. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Do you? Or do you need to pray, God, help my unbelief? I want to believe that if I put you first in all of my life, that you'll take care of everything else, but I'm just not there. I need greater faith. I need to understand who Jesus is in a better way. You see, you know that you are increasing in hope when you start to see your circumstances different. And you start to understand how great Jesus is. But it not only produces a greater faith, but it produces a greater love a greater love. You know what that means? 
That, that means that when you're filled with Jesus and his hope that he brings, it means that you begin to see people differently. You begin to value people differently. Look at what Paul writes here in, in, in verse four. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all, not most, all of God's people. You see, we, we, we said that faith is believing that Jesus tells us the truth. Well, Jesus said, a new commandment that I give you, and that is that you love one another. And then he throws this in, just as I have loved you. By this, they will know that you are my followers. Epaphras, that's what he did. He started loving people the way in which Jesus loved him. And it brought about a transformation, not only in his own life, but in the people that he was rubbing shoulders with. You see, l- l- listen to me. Maturity is not measured by what you know. It's not even measured by how many gifts you operate in. It is measured by how well you love people. You see, he didn't say here, I, I heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, that you have not missed a Sunday since we regathered. Or guess what? I've heard your faith in Jesus and you know what? I heard that that you've not missed a tithe and an offering all throughout COVID. No, no, no. What he said is, I heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for all of God's people. You see, listen, you want to go deep in Jesus? then you go deep in the way in which you love people. You start valuing all people, Republican, Democrat, y'all okay? Independent, black, white, brown, doesn't matter. Male, female, it doesn't matter. You start to value every single person. See, this was what was happening in Colossae. Theologians tells us that basically this came about in two ways. They would have epidemics, and the epidemics is this. They would have a, a, a epidemic, and, and sickness would break out, and, and the people who could would leave the city. But the Christ followers would stay, and you know what they would do? They would take care of the sick people. And sometimes God would sustain them in incredible supernatural ways. And they would be able to to help people and not even be affected by the disease and the sickness around them. Other times, the disease and the sickness overtook them as well. But here's what happened. When the epidemic left and the people of Colossae come back, they were moved by the fact that these people would love them. They didn't understand everything about them, but they were attracted to them. And I want you to understand today that there's something about loving someone in an extraordinary way. It makes people turn their head. It makes people change their heart. And guess what it did in Colossae? And it still does today. In your community, and in my community. And so when the epidemic broke out, the Christians, you know what? Because they knew that Jesus was greater than even death. He had conquered that. 
They had no fear. The other way that it transpired was through adoption because in Rome, one of the things that they would do is they might have a baby and they would decide whether they wanted to keep it or not, if it was the right sex or if it had a stigma or if it had something unusual about it that they would say, you know what, I don't want it. And, and what the Christians did, what the Christ followers did there in Colossae is they would take those unwanted babies and they would adopt them. They would adopt them. And that's one of the great things of, 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 of some of you. I've heard your story of where you've adopted children and you've brought them in your home and, and, and you love them and, and you call them your own. And that is a tremendous testimony because it shows us how God has adopted you and I as sons and daughters through the person of Jesus Christ. And so would Jesus say, this of New Point, man, you guys love people. You value people. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their education. It doesn't matter their economic status. It doesn't matter their race. You see, God calls you and I to love all people. And I believe that we can make a huge, huge difference, unbelievable difference, if we will do this. We live in such a polarized society today. Unbelievable. And here's what I want you to know. Love can hold contrasting views in one's mind without hating the other person. Say what? Yeah. Love can hold two contrasting views in their mind without hating the other person. So let me ask you a question. Who is it hard for you to love? Who is it difficult for you? Maybe that coworker who has a little bit of politics that's a little bit different than you, or maybe they have some behaviors that you don't value. You know, Jesus is greater than that, and he can give you a greater love. And so I, I want you to understand that when we have this hope, it, it brings a greater faith and it brings a greater love. The third thing that it brings is, is this. It brings a greater confidence. Greater hope produces a greater confidence. And this is an attitude that helps you and I to see the future differently. To see the future differently. You see, Epaphras was under the Roman government. And because of Jesus and because of the hope that he had, he could see the future differently. Look at what Paul writes to them. He says, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Wow. Goes on, he says this. He says, you have had this expectation ever since first, you first heard of the truth of the good news. Listen, listen to me very carefully. When you really experience the good news, it gives you a greater confidence because now you have a relationship with the one who is greater than anything that you and I will ever face. And if you have this kind of hope, you can bounce back from anything. You, you can experience a resilience. You don't have to succumb to your, your, your circumstances or your situation. You see, hope believes that things can change. Hope believes that things can get better. Hope knows that what you think about tomorrow affects and impacts today. 
I love what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, the confidence of my calling enables me, and Paul went through a lot of hardship. He says, the confidence of my calling enables me to overcome every difficulty without shame, for I have an intimate revelation of this God through the person of Jesus. He goes on to say, and my faith in him convinces me that he is more than able to keep all that I've placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. Wow. And so we're called to cultivate this greater hope that leads to a greater faith, a greater love, a greater confidence. Situations don't need to change. Y'all okay on that one? Okay. What needs to change is how you and I think about who Jesus is. You see, what separates Jesus from every other thing is Jesus himself and faith in him. And so I want to wrap up with giving you three things of where we have to understand who Jesus is. And it'll give you a greater faith, it'll give you a greater love, and it'll give you a greater confidence. The first thing is his identity. His identity. Look what Paul says, and I've already shared this with you. Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. Basically, this verse makes two great claims about Jesus. The first one is that he is the image of the invisible God. The word image here is icon, okay? Copy or likeness. Paul is saying that when you see Jesus, you see who God is. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus is the picture. He's the likeness of the almighty God. And look what else he says here. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Listen, everything you need to know about God is in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. If you're confused about philosophy, if you're confused about spirituality, if you're confused about ideology, start with Jesus. Everything you need to know and can know and must know about God is found in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Here's the second one, and that is this, importance. Jesus's identity, but Jesus's importance. Look what Paul writes. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Wow. We're told that he is before all things. You know what that means? He's in front of everything. He's in front of everything and everyone in the universe. Nothing is as important as Jesus. And so he needs to be first in our relationship, first in our finances, first in our careers, first in our businesses. Listen to me, nothing gets straightened out until Jesus is first in those areas. So if your life is falling apart, give it to Jesus. What's he say here? All things hold together in him. In him, all things hold together. Jesus not only creates everything, he sustains everything. He holds it all together. And so if your life is falling apart, guess what? Give it to Jesus. If your marriage is falling apart, give it to Jesus. If your life is breaking apart, give it to Jesus. He is the one who holds it all together. If your finances is falling apart, Give it to Jesus. Why? Because he's the important one who holds all things together. And then finally, influence. Jesus's identity, Jesus's importance, and Jesus's influence gives us hope 
that allows you and I to have a greater faith, a greater love, and a greater confidence. Look what Paul writes to them. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Wow. We're told that Jesus is the head of the body, of the church. And the word head here means that he is supreme. He is chief. He is in charge. He is Lord. He is the head of the church. Listen, listen to me. This is not your church. This is not my church. This is his church. Why? Because he died for it. And he takes responsibility. He takes responsibility for that. For everything that happens, he takes responsibility. You know, I, sometimes I'll have people come and they'll say, Dwight, are, are you concerned about New Point? Because, you know, we've come from uh, COVID and, and we're starting to regather and, 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 and this is happening and this isn't happening. Are you concerned? And you know what I say? No. You know why? Because it's not my church. It's his church. He will provide. He will protect. He will continue everything that needs to be continued. That's why I tell you with full confidence, greater confidence, because of this hope, our best days are ahead of us at New Point. Our best days are ahead of us. And I believe that with all my heart. You see, only Jesus has the right to control the church. Only Jesus has a right to determine our mission. Only he has the right to lead us and to correct us and to challenge us. And we get that from his word. He's responsible for all of it. And that's what you and I need to understand. And so I want to leave you with this thought today. And let's go back to Colossians. Here's what he says. Christ is the visible likeness of the invisible God. Wow. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. Listen to me. Everything you need to know about God is in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And when you experience him like Epiritus did, what happens is this. You will be filled with hope that will lead to a greater faith, a greater love, a greater confidence, and it will change your world. And God will use you to be a blessing to every person that you come in contact with. Would you pray with me? Maybe today you've never met this Jesus. <laughs> maybe you heard about him and maybe you thought that he was just a human being. Maybe you thought that he was a historical figure. Maybe you thought that, that he was a, a fictional character. He's not. He's God. And all of God's fullness dwells in him. And he loves you and he cares for you. And you can have a relationship with him just by putting your faith and trust in him of saying, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are and that you did live and die and then rose from the dead so that I could be forgiven of all my sins. I invite you into my life. And when you do that, I promise you, you will begin to be filled with a greater hope than you've ever experienced before. For others of us, we've done that. But you know what? We've lost our focus on who Jesus is, on his identity, 
and his importance and his influence. And we need to come back and maybe we need to pray the prayer that John the Baptist prayed. Jesus, you need to become greater in my life and I need to become less. And so, Father, we thank you today for preserving a letter called Colossians that Paul wrote to a group of people who were impacting their city, their community, and reminding them of the great hope that we have in Jesus and that when he becomes greater in our life, it affects how we see our circumstances. It affects how we relate to people. It affects how we embrace the future. And so, God, I pray that for each and every single one of us today, for your honor and for your glory, and it's in your name, amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.